This experience is best with headphones. This is a program in partnership with Open and Clear Broadcasting. For more information and additional programs, visit us at openandclear.com. For any questions you would like us to focus on, comments about the show, inquiry about advertising with us, or just want someone to talk to, please visit us there at openandclear.com. This is me and spirituality. Yes, I'm going to be talking all about my life and about me and how awesome I am. We're going to be telling stories this morning, all about me and my life, and how I have dealt with spirituality and all of my experiences, and how it has directed and influenced my life. You like stories? You want to hear my story? My name is Devin Jesse Byrne. I like to go by Reverend Devin Devine, as I am an ordained minister, and I'm probably going to ramble on about how spirituality works and what it all is and blah, blah, blah. I revolve around and focus on a practice called the Course in Miracles. I talk a lot about these 10 dimensions of reality that through my death experience, I experienced many of them and through several different experiences. Went on a five-year journey and all this great stuff. This is just the intro. (laughs) We're not getting into it yet. I have my son here. Say hi, Atreus. This is what it's going to be like here. There you go. Uh-oh, you dropped it. Behind you. Behind you. (laughs) That's what it's like with me and spirituality. You can learn more about me and listen to several other more serious programs at openandclear.com. We're going to be casual here. Bud, you going to go watch Elmo? (laughs) Well, this is me. 
and spirituality. spirituality. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's fun. I, I just recorded that live like two weeks ago or something. It's, <laughs> it's like, why not? You know, just live with life. Just play life. You know, it's a reality show in a way. My son mentioned he, he doesn't care for reality or virtual reality glasses anymore or these iPhone things where they hook up. up. And I'm like, <laughs> I, don't, I don't really care for those things either. I'm in the coolest virtual reality. And I can look around and it's everywhere. It's, it's like I look down. I don't see the stand for a camera. <laughs> like, I don't see the Google, Google car, you know, as I'm looking through the maps. I see a body that is holding around. <laughs> and it's so awesome if you really think about it. We developed this bio-robotic thing to walk around with eyes to look around as, as if we're actually there. And then we, we made it so fancy and so nice and so flawless with our power that we do have. That you just, it's like impossible to see beyond you. No, this is, this is actually me now. And I'm like, what? I've completely forgotten my truth, and I'm so invested in this virtual reality. It's just amazing. <laughs> and after living life, you know, even just the childhood, as I say, you typically become conscious around four or five years old. For me, it was about three years old. and uh, But I didn't have conscious thoughts until about seven, you know, I realized that everybody else was talking in their heads, having words in their heads in the same fashion that they speak with their mouths. And I had to consciously and deliberately actually make the attempt to choose to have words in my mind because I, I, knew, I knew I didn't have it. I didn't think in words. And I remember discussing it with, well, as much as I could discuss with my mom, and she thought that was part of the reason why I didn't catch on with reading, you know. Like, I didn't read words because I didn't really think in words. <laughs> I mean, I spoke in words, but it was more like it just naturally happened as if this manifestation occurred of these words coming out of my mouth, even in this moment. Instead of thinking of the words and compiling them and figuring out what to say, which was very difficult when I did use words in my mind, it, then you had to like figure out what you're going to say before you're going to say it. You had to figure out what you're going to do before you're going to do it. <laughs> you, had to, you had to question everything because if you didn't, it usually came out to... You know, you're believing something happening. You know, you just made a fool of yourself. And so it, it really came down to this scenario, you know, and like, oh, you know, I think of times when I wanted to talk to this girl or something, you know, it was all the time. Like, I remember just having crushes on every girl I could see. And <laughs> usually one in, in the room or something. But I never spoke to them because I never knew what to say. And it's the same thing as like right now, I do not prepare these programs at all. And I just simply allow myself to go 
and just speak with spirit about whatever is really coming and whatever it's about. I don't even know if sometimes if I don't even get to that point that, you know, I, I bring up a point and does it ever come back? Do I ever conclude that point? I don't, I don't really know, you know, and, and I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about what to say. I'm simply developing trust in which everybody has the capability to do and using that trust in a fashion that it is practically applied in our lives. And that is just simply allowing yourself to be whatever you are. I, I really can't describe it any differently, but being okay with being a, a total weirdo, if that's what it's going to be, or whatever it's going to be. <laughs> yeah, to rely on spirit totally. Yeah, thank you, Dove. And <laughs> as at least for me, I've always been I, be, this kind of class clown throughout my whole childhood and everything. I, I was kicked out into the hallway often and going to the principal's office because I was reckless or wild. I mean, I was the seventh of nine children, so I, I had to fight for my attention, and then I get into a class of 30. Oh, man, that was great. I could outdo the teacher for attention easily, a piece of cake. And I even got kicked out of the, my first elementary school that was... <laughs> not tolerant of such things and went to an additional elementary school which was just beautiful and they actually had an idea of what dyslexia was or is and they started telling me I have this and that my mind is wired differently I'm like okay so I think differently than other people and as this has been an idea and repeatedly and throughout my life it, it, it has become very apparent now that I can analyze or look at my life and see this that yes, I do look, I do think differently as much as my face is different, as much as my eyes are different, as much as everything is unique about me. I, everyone has a different unique outlook and perspective in their unique function of what their body has to offer. And so right here, as I'm being this person, you know, I, I've achieved unique obstacles as, you know, everyone else has. And we've come to unique conclusions of what to do and how to solve them. And we have unique talents. Like, yeah, dances is just amazing with animals. And that's not me. And in fact, dances, I'm sad to report, I'm sure you heard uh, that when Zoe and I were together, we found a bird, baby bird, and we tried to do that, and it died. Yeah, it died. And uh, we even had a puppy with Reina, and it died. So we're kind of, well, I'm, I'm nervous about getting animals. <laughs> and you have this unique talent, you know. You can just get animals and make them live and heal them and get them to fly. I don't think it was me, but I do accept responsibility. And I loved animals. I love dogs. Anyway, with life and everything that we do, uh, you are this unique perspective completely, totally. And so when I was coming to recognize that, it, you know, as I was going into the darkness without knowing it, I was thinking I had to think in thoughts, in words, uh, not just allowing myself to be. So then 
this system that I was looking for protection to began to work for itself, you know, thinking of, excuse me, <laughs> thinking of the ego system, <laughs> the, the, the ego system in, in the solar system, <laughs> this uh, ego system as this thought process and of information and seeing how I, being that class clown, made a fool of myself all the time. When people would say, no, we're not laughing with you, <laughs> you know, we're laughing at you. I never really understood the difference or the problem with being laughed at. It was pretty funny. I mean, it was part of the fun. And then when I did have thoughts, all of a sudden, they're like telling me, no, that's not a good thing. You know, you're not supposed to be laughed at. That's a that's a bad thing. They're, they're trying to tell you that, that you look pathetic, you look weird. You know, you, you should start to restrain yourself. And as these thoughts started telling me this, you know, it, then it was harder. You know, I became emphasized in this shy thing and, and talking to people, freaking out, kind of not knowing what to say. Instead of taking my position in the front of the room as a class clown, uh, it was now I was in the back corner just being too cool for school. And, you know, I, I had all these th you know, these thoughts and jokes and just wanted to naturally say them and just naturally be myself and whatever it is. But then being too kind of too smart for them, you know, that, that's silly. And I'm just laughing in the corner myself and not being... You know, it wasn't necessarily going to be the clown or anything, but just whoever I am and just allowing myself to be. And then when I came into spirituality and started finding this idea of consciousness, came into Course of Miracles, it started becoming very apparent about that is quite literally the voice of these thoughts uh, is something that I turned to for the support that I was, you know, feeling I didn't have feeling that I needed to, because it was based off of my society, based off of my body's perspective and how well, and you know, it wants to fit in with everybody. You know, it wants to fit in school. It's basing its happiness on how much it is accepted and, and not. <laughs> and so, you know, it's, it's through this development that we then, <clears throat> do we find that, is that useful still? I mean, a lot of people do find you know, politics and business is kind of a, you know, still a, a what's the word, a pop popularity contest, you know, even like running for president, <laughs> it's total popularity thing, it's like, can you win the, the vote by simply just being known and <laughs> definitely saying anything you want and promising things that definitely are different than what you're going to do, and <laughs> Just to win people over, right? And that's what's happening with your thoughts at the same time, usually. That if they're not emphasizing your magnitude and in support of being amazing, then you're already using it. You're already determining your per person to be your identity. And so you're in that moment, and this talking about me and many through my experiences, that I'm in that moment thinking that I need to figure out what I'm going to do. 
and figure out what I'm going to say, you know. It's like, oh, I should even talk about my day or something. It's like, I can just have some points to reference. I can just make a list of points. And so then I know I'm going to have something to say. I mean, I have a whole hour I need to talk about something. You know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bore people to death or something. You know, I'm going to not look good. I'm going to, you know, all these ideas that come to your mind instead of, instead of just the constant trust of just allowing yourself to be as you've been created to be. And so, you know, it seems like the obstacle in this fourth dimensional perspective is this consciousness where it seems as if it's going to not be itself by being itself. It's going to then, instead of being this natural, just playful, child-like attitude of life, uh, it now has, you know, very set laws that it needs to adhere to, and it needs to fit into these standards and be into this way. And people do this with the Chorus of Miracles as well. It's like you hear them, instead of just saying and being whatever they are, you know, they they say and be and then question if that was, did I sound guilty? I mean, I, I, mean, I don't want to sound guilty. Guilt doesn't exist. It's like it doesn't matter. Guilt doesn't exist. Calm down. It's okay to sound guilty. You're not sounding anything in reality. So don't worry about it. <laughs> it's the same with everything. It's like instead of thinking that the negative is even there, just recognize that it's impossible to be anything but the totality of love that you have been created to be. So this whole doubt system and thinking that, you know, there's some struggle, you know, that you need to actually process or try to be yourself instead of being yourself it's kind of like walking. You know, you had this huge obstacle in your physical third dimensional world where you had to take up <laughs> this trust in these wobbly little legs, you know, and trusting that you're not going to just fall on your face. And it took step by step and trying and can keep trying. And then eventually you're running around. And, and you <laughs> are you going to run into a wall? Yes, lots of walls. And your head's going to hit a table and, and you're going to do this over and over until eventually you, you actually master your physical body. Isn't that amazing that you mastered your physical body? I mean, most likely each and every one of us are, are a sort of a master of our physical body. Some of us are still working on it and that's perfectly fine. You will be. No issue there. Even in the same sense of this fourth dimension, this consciousness, this ego system is also a seeming obstacle in the same sense as walking. It's offered you this ideas of what you're not and this idea that you're actually going to be falling on your face. This idea that you're going to hit a wall and, and that you're, you can't rely on it. So you need to make sure that instead of wobbling around and not knowing what to say. You need to prepare something. You need to know what you're going to do. You need to know what you're going to say. And even though in your reality you don't, it sure seems real that all of a sudden you come to, you're, you're doing great for five minutes and then you come to this awkward silence. And you're, you're trying. You're like, um, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so... <laughs> How about the Mets, huh? 
<laughs> Instead of being confident about, you know, what you're doing, who you are, that you've been created, regardless of how you think of it, as the perfect expression of God, the only existence of all the universe. So if you don't have anything to say, you're not meant to be saying anything. And you can be confident about not saying something, and you can be confident as much about saying something as walking away and doing whatever it is that you think to do. You can stop any, any conversation within the middle of it. If that's what you think to do, you can keep it going for hours and hours if that's what you think to do. And it is the doubt in what you think to do and what you believe yourself to be that you all of a sudden seem to stumble and not make any sense, even as if you started questioning if you could walk. You would start to stumble and you would need a cane or whatever, and, and there's nothing wrong with that. I mean, I walk with a walking stick all over the place. <laughs> not that I really need it. It actually doesn't touch the ground very often. But you can kind of get what I'm trying to say here, that I'm actually attempting to get you to comprehend that there really is no difference from the achieving of the mastery of your body and the achieving of the mastery of your mind. That ultimately, in the same sense, they are exactly the same thing. That you were able to use your mind to master your body. And even though you think of it as, af as if you have actually mastered a physical thing, and we recognize, you know, as we're trying to be spiritual, oh, it doesn't actually exist. There is no real body. So you have done something, but it wasn't really to that body, was it? So you're actually, in your reality, mastering your mind. And this mastering your mind is going through these different filtration systems. Even before your pre-existence, or before your physical existence as a body, you mastered a soul identity. And I say identity referring to characteristics of these in interference patterns between frequencies. These are the lights and sounds and the bouncing off of each other, you know, the waves and lines of energy. <clears throat> when you mastered that, you mastered the status of being love. And, you know, at that very same point, your parents in this physical representation of that made love. And you became the expression into physical reality as love. And in that same sense, as there really, as it seems there is opposition everywhere you look in the physical world, it is through that you started developing this idea, this knowledge, which is only in consciousness, of a good and an evil, a love and an absence. So the fourth dimension is this, where the obstacle seems to be the evidence, the evidence in the physical world of there being an absence to the reality of yourself. So the obstacle is that you believe that there is something other than the truth happening, something other than actual love happening. And the way you know if you believe it or not, you react to it. You respond to it. The fact that it develops a question and says, 
you know, what, well, you don't know what you're going to say. So, so what are you going to say? You have that question. All of a sudden, when you react to it and you're, you're like, oh, yeah, I don't know what I'm going to say. So what? I shouldn't say anything. It's like now the absence of love is quite literally the absence of you being who you are. Because even though you're throughout these dimensions, these are different dreams, different obstacles, different perspectives of what you actually are as the love and who you are. You are the God's love. God's love, quite literally, is what you are. And you are going through these different dimensional perspectives. And this one offers that obstacle of believing that, you know, now you don't know what to say because, you know, if you knew who you were, you would know exactly what to say. If you knew who what you were and what your what you were would say, <laughs> then you would say it. But you have this doubt in yourself and what you are to thinking, oh, that's not loving to say, or that's not good to say, or I don't, I'm not, this isn't my type of conversation, so I'm not really in it. And even though those are okay to go by and there's nothing wrong to suppress yourself or anything, it's if, the, the so the real problem is, is that if you actually knew who you were, would you still take those, the choice of suppression? If you knew that you had all the power, quite literally, the only power of God is what you are, the love of God in you, expressing through you, pouring through you, can do anything and everything it chooses to do, would you still take the choice of suppressing yourself and saying you're not good enough and saying you don't know what you're going to say and saying you don't know what you're going to do? Because even though it, it seems as if the people around you, even as myself, are thinking and talking, thinking is much slower. Thinking with words take time. It takes time. It, it's in the symbols of symbols, quite literally the words represent objects and physical things. And these physical things represent the movement of energy. And these, this movement of energy represents the actual representation of what is the Son of God and what it believes about itself. So you can see it's a symbol of a symbol of a symbol. And so this reality of saying that, you know, you actually are going to go by the thoughts that you're thinking in your mind, as in words, you're already going to be taking a lot longer to talk instead of just simply being a representation of the one who sent you. You are not actually in a place, you are quite literally the representation of what God is and if God existed at all in this type of a dimension, in this type of an experience. So, the only thing you need to worry about if you're you're like, oh, do I need to worry about what I'm going to say? Do I need to worry about if it sounds spiritual or nice and sweet? Or if I sound loving or anything? Or do I need to, you know, say it gruffly or anything? No, I don't need to worry about if I'm going to do any of this. All I need to worry about and remember is that I am and always will be, regardless of what it seems to come out as, is a representation of what the Son of God believes. And regardless if that's a negative, evil thing or a positive thing, it doesn't matter. 
It's that this is here. I, this being, this person named Devon, is a representation of the symbols of the symbols of the symbols. And it, it does not need to worry about what to say, no. Doesn't need to worry about the symbols of what to say. Doesn't need to worry about the symbols of what to do. Doesn't need to worry about the symbols of how to feel. For these are all natural conditions of the representation of the one who sent you. Yes. So it is a mind training. And that is quite literally referring to that consciousness that believes its thoughts. So the fourth dimension is a consciousness as much as the first dimension is a consciousness. It is the exact same consciousness. It just seems to have a split within it where it thinks these word thoughts and it's always based on the littleness focused on the body, which is the third dimension. So it's looking at the third dimension instead. So it was born and then it became a consciousness. Then it became a mind. Then it was an after the fact. So it's a, it's a symbol of the fact of it being already a symbol of a body. The other, the difference of the first dimension consciousness on the other side of the split, which includes all of the vastness of both dimensions and additional ones like the seventh. But the first one is that it comes and knows it comes before the soul represents itself. The soul is a representation of what it already decides to be. And the body is after that. The body is a representation after that. It's not coming from a body. It's not coming from a soul. The soul and the body are coming from it. Coming from what it believes. So it knows it is the Lord and the master of the soul spiritual world and what it feels and what it recognizes and whatever what <laughs> and what the body is comes from it as well that the way of the body and the physical representation of the physical world and all of it is because of what the sun believes and it knows it knows that it's all coming from it it knows the manifestation is happening after what it believes and is that fourth dimension consciousness that ego system that seems to be it has its little life within there you know it has its little feet and its little hands and it has to clip its little nails to make sure they're just perfectly right. You know, I don't like scratching my face. <laughs> what? <laughs> so I like to go off on my tangents as I relate it to my life. And it's more, you know, I, I start referencing my life stories and this and using it as a catalyst for the spirit really to speak to me and if it's useful to you you only represent the usefulness of my own mind you know the recognition of my truth it's the recognition of your truth as well and so we're in this position together and we're enjoying this together in this whole life <laughs> yeah of course my body your body we're all bodies within this big body of the the body of the world and the body of the the, the system this, this ego system as much as this solar system and this this galaxy body and this, this the physical body bodies of the bodies of the bodies 
It's true. But what are those, what are those made of? And those are symbols as much as, you know, guess what? I did not actually point out right now as I talked about the bodies, I did not actually point at the earth body. I did not actually even point at the physical person body here. I did not talk, I did not actually point and show you the actual reality of there being a, 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 a solar system here in that body. Or I did not actually, I only spoke of symbols that allowed you relating to the images of the physical representation. So I spoke of the one symbol here. Uh, you related to, if I say earth, all of a sudden you have a picture in your mind of a body. A body is an image, an image to this representation, this symbol of what it's referring to. So now, if I actually took that same condition of about what a, a physical body is made of, and you say, what is a physical body made of? And we say, oh, we're 55 to 75% water. And well, what, I mean, the, referring to the planet, if you're referring to Earth and all this, it doesn't matter. It's all, it comes down to what it's made of, that it's all made of this energy, right? And we have, we have these different frequencies of energy, this interference patterns of light and sound, and we actually have these waves moving and this light, and it becomes colors and shapes. This physical representation is a symbol of where and what that energy, that holographic universe, is representing. So the words I say about Earth is a symbol of as much as the physical world is a symbol of the energetic world, the spiritual nature of this world. And this, guess what? This energy represents something as well. This energy is only in the holographic dimensions of of referencing to shape at all because it represents the consciousness in which it sees it. This consciousness is not referring to the fourth dimension, but referring to that son of God that actually believes it's creating universes and worlds and looking in dreams. So in this holographic universe, as if you know about what a hologram is it's a representation of of something and you think it's star trek and you go into the hologram room and all of a sudden you're in a different place a different time and and it seems really cool and you're actually in it it's kind of like that so you're in you're in the spiritual universe oh and it, it you see things that are not there and you're, you're actually experiencing them you feel them and you feel a soul and you feel uh, all this representation of love, but that's all it is. It's another symbol, a representation of the actual love and what you are, the actual reality of what you are. And you are made, as much as these images are designed to show you what you believe about yourself, these symbols of a symbol of a symbol, what you have been made to be is in the likeness of God. As the mind of God and the Christ consciousness are quite literally one in the same, that it is one united within itself, and while one perceives itself looking at all the variations and, and through this totality of all the power of all existence, it sees what it thinks about itself. 
what it believes about itself. It looks into a holographic universe and it sees this idea of soul representations and it comes to a conclusion of agreeing with an idea that there can be a lack of the love that it is being represented as. And now it becomes a physical representation. And so it came from no knowledge into come having knowledge, maybe not quite complete yet. You might have some questions in your mind still. And then you had these questions, these thought systems, and you're representing through an ego system. And this is only the fourth dimension of 10 dimensions of reality. And as you think you're coming to experience the spiritual nature of the universe again, you still have thoughts of your life. You still went through a physical representation. This goes into the spiritual nature of the fifth dimension. It's the same place as the second dimension, the same holographic universe. But now you have a consistency where you have a will of your very own and a connection with God and a unification with God and a unification with everyone you see, but you still have everyone's. And this isn't actually in the, in the essence that you're actually separate, but you came from an idea of separation, moving into an idea of unity. And so now, as much as you want to, because this is how we've developed and created the actual essence of what we call our universe, you will be able to know everyone's thoughts. Like there's no private thoughts within this experience. As much as the fourth dimension insists, that there is, you know, insists that you're separate and you're a weirdo and you're doing it all wrong. They're laughing at you, not with you. And, and that we all somehow know what that means and actually agree. Our thoughts actually agree that we're coming to the same conclusion. Well, why is that? Because it's one mind still. The one mind is still telling us what we believe and what we represent. And as much as as much as you try and have your psychic connection with your brothers and your sisters, when you're in the fourth dimension, to try is to quite literally not achieve. It's not to do. So when you do try, when you try and have your little psychic seances with your friends and you're like, oh, let's practice being psychic. And I just, oh, I knew you were going to say that. <laughs> oh, no, you didn't. I was just, I was like, oh my gosh, I can't believe it. This is like so real. And you're playing with that whole thing. The fact that you will still come out with the conclusion that yes, there is something connecting us, but I have a doubt that we actually have one mind because I, he didn't 100% read my mind. Uh, he didn't know exactly what I was thinking. He didn't, uh, <laughs> or whatever. And this is because while we are doing that, even if we had the right thought, I don't know if you've identified this occurring or not, Let's say you, you think of a number, right? You think of a number and you have this number and they say, okay, they tell you that number. But even though you think you don't change your mind about that number, what occurs is actually the symbol of the mind has not changed. But what you were thinking does. So you're hiding quite literally in that same one mind being exactly not psychic and the representation of not having psychic, not having one mind, you are required to adhere to these laws of proving that it is not true. If you can identify that you're actually proving 
that the truth is not true, a defense against the truth, then you can actually recognize that it is happening. And you, you see that, you know, as you can, you can instead change your mind and say, oh, I am not psychic. And everything will prove to you that you're not psychic, right? Now you're thinking in harmony with the representation of the fourth dimensional reality. So it is going through that obstacles, as we were talking about, and actually achieving or conquering what seems to be a labyrinth of a new experience. So each dimension has a labyrinth of a challenge to achieve and somewhat of an obstacle there. So while you think out of harmony with the way, then you are not able to recognize that the way and what you are is you. So you're thinking, well, why would you try and be psychic if you didn't already know that you are one mind? So trying to be one mind is to deny that you're one mind. So you're already representing that there is not one mind to then try and have one mind. So you, you will not find exactly what you've already been finding as you were looking for not being one mind. You achieved it in the same sense of being in this dream. So, so you're going out throughout your life and you have this daily experience where it sure seems physical and you still have doubts in yourself. You still question, oh, you know, what should I say? What should I do? Is there anything I should say? And should I have just like a, a protocol experience of I'm going to say this to people? I'm going to say this type of thing to people and preparing. You know, I don't need to worry about what to say. I have a preparation. So that's the same type of experience is that you thought that somehow you needed uh, to worry about what to say. And so you memorized a preparation of what to say instead instead of actually not worrying about what to say and being that representation, now you have a preparation instead of the whole purpose of the thing is remembering that you are one and united with God. If you remember that you're representing the one who sent you, then it's not about preparations at all. You don't need preparations. You're simply being an image of what you are in the likeness already. So you have this natural image, even though it seems as if you're talking to all these beings and, and you're, you're not psychic with them and, and you're not one mind and whatever we want to talk about, <laughs> that in this still conditions of all these universes, of all these dimensions and all these dreams and all these illusions and delusions, you're still in that very same position as the dimension is, is simply a perspective, a new angle of looking at the exact same one thing. And this is the only thing that exists that quite literally you are looking at God right now. That you are listening to God right now. You are hearing God right now. You are feeling God right now. You are experiencing God right now. You're chewing God right now. And just <laughs> or you might be tasting God right now. <laughs> Regardless of what it seems to be a symbol of a symbol of a symbol, the actual reality remains to be the same. So the purpose ultimately of each obstacle is to come to the conclusion that it is and always will be God. 
and then you can actually see beyond it because to say and to recognize the reality of it is and always will be God is to recognize yourself being one with God. And then you recognize the power in which you have and what you are capable of and what you are here to do. You are here to represent this one who sent you. Regardless if it's the son that believes in illusions, this son united with God sent you into a fantasy world of experience of whatever it might be of pain and suffering or happiness. And even as, as we talk about the pre-existence to our physical reality and the soul and the spiritual experience, which is still here today, it was through that challenge of, of achieving the full representation of what love is, as we discussed. And that was all the glory to God. It was the same conclusion that even in recognizing that all physical objects are God in that same sense, now you are experiencing a doubt system, a thought system, an ego system of questioning everything that's ever existed and saying how you need the physical representation in order to say that it exists or not. You need the physical represent. I need the, to go through the scientific method to be proven if it exists or not. So you're basing off of the physical reality instead of the physical reality based off of you. So you're going to see what you believe naturally and you're going to experience what you see naturally and you're just going to continue to cycle through and of course you're going to die because that's what the scientific method tells you about bodies and what happens to bodies and you're just you're just going by that and that's perfectly fine there's nothing wrong with any of that there needs to be some sort of representation of this dimension in order to have this dimension being represented but it still comes down to that same conclusion that if it is you looking onto the world yes you will do this again because that is not the truth it is not all about you it is all about me no <laughs> it, it's all about god and that's the truth about who you are not the little self and you're fine that when you're you even discover god and you discover the christ and you're like oh it is all about me as much as you can say that you can't say that as well because the training of your mind is very conditioned throughout your life to get misunderstood again. That you all of a sudden think you're supposed to be influencing the physical representation of what it is. It's like you don't need to go back and influence the physical representation for everything the influence or everything you do influences everything that exists. You are here as a body or a soul or a consciousness or whatever you see yourself as because of your existence influencing reality. You already influenced reality. So you don't need to worry about moving that spoon with your mind or being psychic with anyone because it is quite here literally to represent that that stuff is impossible. That that stuff it would kind of say that you have power and that you're not just little weakness and and silly little doubt and pain and suffering and death that's what we're here as a physical representation to prove 
We're here to prove that we are littleness. We're here to prove to ourselves that we are going to die, we are going to suffer, we are going to have pain, that we don't know what to say, we don't know what to do, we don't know, and so we might as well not do anything, we might as well just suppress ourselves completely, and we would rather curl up in a corner and die instead. That's the obstacle. And if you recognize that an obstacle is much like a lesson in which this God would have you learn, then you can apply it to everything. That everything is a lesson that God would have me learn. Now, what in this right would God, the zeroth dimension, desire for me to learn? What is there to learn about being in a physical world? Well, don't touch that hot plate because it burns. No, that that's learning about the physical body. Well, plan everything you're going to say, because if you don't, you're going to make a fool of yourself. No, that's insisting that you are an ego system separate from everything, that you don't have any power. Well, that people suck my negative or suck my positive energy and drain me. No, that's not true either. And even though you're learning about the spiritual nature of the universe, you're still completely misunderstanding it into this idea of positive and negative. So what is this for? Yeah, what is this for? What is whatever you're perceiving for? What is the lesson that God would have you learn? Before a consciousness as in an ego existed, what is this for? Before a body exists, before a soul represents yourself, what is it that you, as in your truth, could learn from all of these experiences? And what could you come from it? What could you take from it? What, what is the actual lesson God would have you learn? It can't be about the soul, even though the soul is a wonderful, noble step. It can't be about that because that's representing who you are. You will see it change just like as any representation would change if what it represents changes. It can't be about the physical body because in the same right, if you see physical bodies, you're in, in ill perception and not seeing properly of your reality. So it's in the mind still. And it can't be about this little ego thing that thinks it's separate and thinks it's a body, thinks it has to, you know, its, its challenges are to climb that wall and to race this race and to beat a cancer that it developed in itself. Like as, as beautiful and noble as every single one of these challenges are, what is the truth about who you are and what is the lesson that God would have you learn from it? It's the only thing that exists. The recognition that regardless of how far into illusions and delusions that you go in all the variations of universes and all the variations of, of a, a physical world or a spiritual world, there's only one conclusion. And that using symbols, it's hard to comprehend because I'm speaking of symbols of symbols of symbols, which is all the words that can be said. 
but to recognize that you are quite literally one with God. As much as you, your spiritual practice would tell you that, you know, I never, I didn't create myself, which is a wonderful conclusion. And that simply remains to give that power to God. It is you that is one with God. It is, it is God that is you. As much as you, you want to say, I am God. Oh, I recognize that I am God. It's better said that God is me and relinquish this idea that you exist. And it's not so much that you experience the rest of the universe, but that the rest of the universe experiences you. And it is that you are this love of God. That whatever you see, if it is a physical world, a spiritual world, a world of thoughts or whatever it might be, you can do absolutely anything when you recognize your truth. When you recognize that you are one with God. So each one, each thing in each, as every dimension, each lesson, it still remains to be a lesson that God would have you learn. And what is that? That I remain to be one with God. And all the glory to God, all the glory to the truth. It's not about me. It's not about this littleness. It's not about what I'm going to do. It's not about what I'm going to say, how much I'm going to succeed, or if I'm going to be known for this or that. It's all about God. And then I could not be here today in any form, in spiritual form, in consciousness form, if it wasn't for God. If it wasn't for my unification with God, I couldn't do anything. And the fact that I'm doing something is because I can do anything. I can do anything. Yeah, I can do illusions all I want. I can do truths all I want. I can do dreams all I want. I can do awakened lives all I want. I can do anything. That's how spectacular this is and recognizing this truth will absolutely and does blow your mind because the limits of what the knowledge of God is exceeds all percentages of all dimensions of focus. That's the purpose of a dimension is simply processing a certain amount of percentage of reality at a time until eventually you'll be able to recognize 100% of reality. And in that you will be the recognition that I am everything and everyone in every option of everything and everyone. And this includes God. That God being omniscient, omnipresent, there is no void in where all of a sudden God stops and you begin. It is everywhere. It is in everything and every one and every thought. And while you still think you're battling illusions, the illusion is that you think you're battling it. You have been created very specifically, very perfectly. 
And while it seems that it's based off conditions that don't really exist, it's true. But what you are is simply going through a state of knowing what you can be. And when you master one, you go on to the next. And as you master another, go on to the next. And you master that one, you go on to the next until you're the master of quite literally the entirety of all existence and which is the definition of God. You are the story and the journey. And as much as my life is the story and journey of my ego consciousness, my ego consciousness and every variation of all of us, as much as any story that ever could be told is all a story of quite literally that glory of God becoming whatever God is becoming if God wasn't simply just existing already, even as it is in the zeroth dimension, this is how it became what it is. This is where it went and what it did, what it learned of and how it, how it has the capability and power to do anything. And it has to answer those questions about what anything is. So what you are here doesn't need any hindrance or any doubt doesn't need any fear or questioning <laughs> you are here to represent he who sent you go and represent this self today I thank you all for being here <laughs> I do that <laughs> thank you God thank you for being here and thank you for teaching us Thank you. Through all of my deeds, thank you. Through all of my words, thank you. Through all of my thoughts, I thank you. <sighs> I love you. I love you all. As the Father in heaven, I love you. Have a beautiful day. <laughs>